Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Los mejores viajes nacen en la carretera, pero este comenzará en tu mente. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Thanks for joining us uh, on the Join News channel. This is the polls. And coming up this afternoon, the electricity company of Ghana is apologizing to thousands of customers uh, who may have fallen victim to the activities of a cartel, including staff of the company who forged documents to sell unapproved meters at exorbitant prices. This afternoon, we have details and the latest on the Join News expose, drawing lots of reaction from more civil groups calling for an immediate redress 
of the corrupt practices. We'll get your details on that and government is finally unveiling plans for a substantial overhaul of the controversial electronic transaction levy as part of its medium-term strategy. Meanwhile, the minority in parliament is already wading in and criticizing uh, government for making Ghanaians worse off with the introduction of the controversial e-levy and other Users taxes. We'll bring you details on that and we'll also tell you more as we cross over to the Republic of Liberia, uh, which is uh, on the verge of uh, having the very first test of its democratic gains as the country moves into a crucial presidential election in the next 24 hours. Who will be the victor? Join News will bring you the very latest on that. The Pulse, as always, is brought to you by Global Communities Digni Lua for Double Safe Sanitation. Don't forget that we're on DSTV Channel 421, GoTV Channel 125. We'll bring you details shortly. And thanks for joining us this afternoon. The electricity company of Ghana is apologizing to scores of customers who may have fallen victim to the activities of a cartel, including staff of ECG and security guards who forged documents to sell off unapproved meters to prospective consumers at exorbitant prices. The apology is coming just hours after the joint use is yet to air a documentary which reveals that separate meters, for instance, that cost a little over 800 cities. Uh, is now being sold by these individuals for as high as 2,500 Ghana cities. That's how bad the situation is this afternoon. As Johnny's investigative journalist, Kwete Nate, in his latest expose, Power Thieves, reveals how the ex- actions of these individuals enable their power consumers to actually enjoy free electricity uh, without the knowledge of ECG officers uh, in most parts of the country. Now, for those of you who are looking forward to that uh, documentary, here are SFs for you. The Joy News investigative team decided to visit ECG offices in three regions to ascertain the extent of the kanker. At the Accra East Regional Office and Subtransmission Office near Makola, I met Abraham, an ECG staff at the meter's office. He said a separate meter, which ordinarily goes for 800 Ghana CDs, will cost me 2,000 CDs. He showed me documents he had processed for a different customer, but was willing to transfer it to me only if I would pay the amount. Ghana standard price, he said how much? The price, the price, the price, how much? Uh, this one reduce it a little for me. How do you go about it? I give you I give you thousand five when I come for it and I give you the balance He advised that if I followed the established process, I would have to wait for almost a year to get the meter. He however promised that he could assist me to get a meter if I paid just a little more than the statutory fees to him. I'm giving this is this one for someone. Okay. The person also not ready now. Let me hold on. Who's ready? He boasts of helping many individuals struggling to secure such meters at ECG offices. In Abraham's confession, 
Three prospective customers will soon be beneficiaries of these meters he's working on after they paid 2,000 CDs each. This, this, this meter for someone so Okay. And put them with 60 hours to this. Okay. But it's not reflecting. So okay. there's a prepaid. Okay. That reflects. Okay. You use the car to buy. Okay. And that is here. Okay. But it's not reflecting. Okay. When it's not reflecting, you can't store it. When you okay. store it, the person cannot purchase. Okay. Then you are on the customer. Okay. So I just want to give you a receipt. Okay. The official receipt for general process. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to clean the food in my life. This time, nobody gets time. Abraham is not alone in this business of providing meters. But this Energy Commission staff who identified himself as Jerry at the Kwabenya office of the ECG is another operative in the street. This is the exact district the ECG identified over 15,000 customers who were using power illegally. Jerry promised he will help me acquire meter. He asked me to pay 2,500 CDs. After I made part payment to Jerry, he delves a bit deeper into how he got meters for people like me who are in dire need of a meter but are unable to wait for months before they would be assigned one. Jerry and his accomplices transfer the transaction details of another prospective customer to those offering to pay more for meters. So you have to come for him, I will take it. How long that you become for him? Normally, I have to do the thing. Okay. But I will get the receipt. No, no, we don't receive. Why? Everything will be, when I give it to you, go and check it. Everything will be. At the Achimota ECG office, I came across this ECG contractor. He gave his name as Sami. He blamed the difficulty in acquiring meters on the shortages in the system. He also charges at least 2,500 CDs to provide separate meters.
but the ecg boss samuel dubik mahama insists this claim is inaccurate the company has enough stock of meters to serve customers to be very honest with you we do have scarcity of meters now under the loss reduction program the meter manufacturing companies have made meters available I can say on authority that we've installed almost more than 60,000 meters since, since uh, the beginning of this year. There are meters to be installed. Please do not pay these exorbitant prices. In the eastern regional capital of Kofuridia, this middle-aged man gave his name as Seth at the ECG office there. He charges 1,500 CDs for the unauthorized meter. He claims 1,200 CDs of the money goes into processing and documentation, and the remaining 300 CDs pay persons he described as his superiors who facilitate the acquisition. Well, you want to stay on the Join News channel later uh, tonight as uh, you have a full sense of what's happening uh, within the industry. Meanwhile, the Electricity Company of Ghana is giving assurances that the issues will be dealt with. Earlier today, Managing Director uh, Dubik Mahama was on the AM show apologizing to customers who may have been shortchanged. It's closing the gap. And And, and that is the question, because from what we, I mean, it's a cartel. I'm sure the veins of same stretch across the country. But the, the issue forged documents. How is that possible? So, the, the, as I said, now we've gone very, very cashless. We've gone, we now have a system where even the whole process has to start from online. But now, to those who are so gullible that they haven't actually approached the main office, because you see what your man did was, People met him outside the building. So those who are not so, you know, what I would encourage is anybody who needs service from ECG, please enter the ECG office. Speak to someone within ECG. Speak to the district manager. Speak to the district commercial uh, officer. You need to speak to people within ECG. Because when you speak to those outside, they are the ones who created their own cartel. What saddens me is that... It's so so these, are, these are basically guru boys and girls. That's what you're e saying. Exactly. Okay, I'm, so, not so, saying, so, I'm not saying no. I'm uh, not saying that. There are some that are ECG staff. And okay. from the video, we have seen those. Yes, yes. But you're also saying that there are guru boys and girls there, not just yes. ECG staff. All right. Yes. I, I get that. So, you, you, just hold for me, Mr. Muhammad. You're aware of the presence of these guru boys and girls. What have you done about the situation? And to add to that... You're saying that people should go inside and interact with ECG staff. I get that. That is the right thing to do. But the process tends to be lengthy. And people are, from what I have gathered on the street, are always complaining that the process is lengthy. And it, it almost appears that sometimes they'll keep making it lengthy until you pay something. So what are you doing about those two angles? To talk about, I don't want to say something that would mean like we are looking at the impede the integrity of the video. That video is sacrosanct and I intend to rely on it. But from the time frame within which 
this investigative piece was done. And what ECG is doing today is that I'm telling you your new service request starts from online. Okay. So, so basically, 85% of the problem you've just seen has been solved. Mm. So when you go on the new ECG app, there's a service request portion at the top right corner where you click on and follow the requisite steps before you come into the office, where, where your transaction IDs are all generated for the process to be completed. So I will encourage everybody to start from there while we work our way downwards to solving the problem. All right. But, mm. but, but my, my, my main... Well, uh, the ECG managing director, Dubik Mahama, there earlier on the AM show. So how do we tackle this and ensure that the metering system of the electricity company of Ghana is indeed intact to, you know, deal with the issues of loss um, reduction, as we know it, uh, which will then promote efficiency within ECG itself. Uh, let me bring you in, uh, Leila Bubakar, who's the external communications manager for the electricity company of Ghana. Michael Dumata Nyante, she's also the general secretary of the Public Utility Workers Union, and Adam Yakubo is a researcher and policy programs director at the Institute for Energy Securities. Thank you all for joining us. Leila, since you work with ECG, it's a good time to be talking to you. First of all, on what we've seen and the assurances coming through from the managing director that indeed all of these issues will be dealt with. Uh, since the, you know, in the last few hours, has anything changed? Are there any concrete steps you're taking to deal with this challenge? We've always been in the process of taking steps to, um, as much as possible, reduce our losses internally and externally. And so it's an ongoing process. It just happens that now we have names um, to the faces and a lot of the um, allegations that had always been leveled against ECG staff. So for now, we have a name or some couple of names that we can take action on. And since this expose, um, I don't have any updates with regards to these particular names. But in-house, we are always on the lookout for some of these leakages that come about as a result of the actions of our staff or people who work in conjunction with us. And of course, the MD pointing out there that ever since, you know, this video was shot to the time where we are now, uh, drastic changes have taken place in terms of how you're digitizing your process and some of the changes that are happening in terms of the metering system. Practically speaking, what would a customer go through now um, if they have to, you know, uh, deal with this whole hurdle of acquiring either new meters or replacing faulty ones? I think the Kanka was in the aspect where we had no meters available. That was where the rot was. It was the reason why all these people were able to take advantage of the customers. And so if we could not have addressed the meter shortage, then the whole situation about um, getting to the bottom of this would not even begin. So that was the first thing that we had to do. We have now the loss reduction program that is nationwide, I mean, in all the operational areas of ECG. And this program is conjunction is in conjunction with the private sector. We have tried as much as possible to cut the interference of our staff and other people we work with. And we are trying as much as possible to digitize the process. I think this morning the MD uh, mentioned that 
very soon is going to be a 100% process online so that we cut the human interference out of this whole thing. But now the process is still the same. You have to register or at least go to the district office to let the office know that you are in need of a meter and the process starts with the registration. And then later on, an inspection of your premises to make sure that the kind of meter that you're requesting is the one that you actually would need. And then you make a payment. And this payment is online. It is cashless. You do not have to give physical cash to anyone. And that's what we've been trying to sound into people for as long as possible. When you make the payment and receive the alert, as soon as the meter is ready to be installed, the number that you gave during the registration would be contacted and the contractor will come to your premises to install the meter. For the past few months now, I've been testing to see if uh, this process is actually working because I do get a lot of calls from people who have requested meters for several months now and haven't received them. I tell them to go back to the office and then uh, rejuvenate the process. And they come back thanking me, thinking that I had made some, maybe I had helped them through the process, but actually I haven't. Mm. And so it seems that our meter situation is going to get better and very soon people will not have a reason to pay exorbitant amounts to people who do not work with us or claim to be working with us, but in actually, in actual fact, are dealing with ECG in very bad faith. And so we hope that people can take uh, the right steps, pay online, uh, do not rely on anyone saying, give me cash for me to process and bring you a meter in whatever days. Now the meters are available and we should be able to meet our end of the deal. Mm. Okay, uh, we'll talk a bit more about how you're eliminating the third party. Uh, just stay on with us. Let's bring in the others uh, on with us. Michael Adumatanyantich is the General Secretary of the Public Utility Workers Union. Uh, Michael, these are workers within the utility space. The belief is that they are contributing to uh, the downfall of a state agency, which many of us have always prayed for, that it should be fully functional. Uh, what, what's your take on, first of all, the... Uh, details that we're unraveling in this latest expose? Well, uh, let me first state uh, that for us as a national union, we do not support any kind of such uh, activities by individuals within or outside the company who are doing uh, anything that is working against the progress of uh, ECG as an entity. So, for those who are involved, who have been uh, captured in the documentary or by any other evidence, we condemn such acts without any reservation. But our view is that ECG is such a, a big company, and when we are dealing with a human entity with over 6,000 personnel, it's always... Uh, important that we do not generalize such problems and make it appear as if every ECG uh, worker or staff is working against the progress of the company. Uh, you're, you're defending, or, I'm sorry, but you're de defending the interest of your workers now, isn't it? No, I'm not defending. I'm stating a certain position that we should not generalize such uh, issues. Those who are found don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. 
Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Los mejores viajes. Nacen en la carretera Pero este Comenzará en tu mente ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado Para vivir Tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC we should always deal with them according to due process. But I'm only raising concern that we do not make this general application as if every staff in ECG is involved in such uh, nefarious activities. That is the only point I want to state. But as uh, the MD indicated earlier, a lot had already begun to streamline these issues. And we as a union had thrown our support firmly behind this intervention because we see that this is uh, something that is going to bring progress and transformation in the company. And everybody who has interest in the progress of the company and the state at large should support such uh, activities and make sure that we cut out or eliminate to the barest minimum all these kind of uh, nefarious uh, acts that work against not only the company, but the, uh, the country as a whole. So we are very optimistic that these measures that have already commenced uh, will go a long way to help streamline mm. and uh, eradicate this kind of problem. Okay, but that has to start with you know, some punitive measures. Uh, what's your expectation in terms of the kind of administrative measures that ought to take place and um, ought to be exacted on these individuals that at least we're seeing in this video. We, we need to point out that clearly faces were showing in, in, in the video that we've seen, and also there are names to the individuals that we've seen in, in the videos. What's your expectation, and do you believe or suspect that possibly there the might be more people within the system who, who are engaged in this activity? Even without uh, making reference to the documentary per se, I can say without any fear of contradiction that individuals who are found to have engaged in 
more uh, more practices or misconduct within the company are always dealt with. We as a national union always insist that when people are found to have uh, misconducted themselves, they should be taken through the due process where various committees of inquiry or disciplinary actions are set up with representatives of the union. And many times when the cases are established, there are a number of staff that have been dismissed. And so we are sure that those who have been identified in this documentary, the same process, the due process as outlined in the collective agreement will be followed. They will be given the natural due hearing and then the requisite representation and then the right uh, sanctions will be applied accordingly. Because we do not believe that people should work in an organization where you are paid from and the same company you expect to get your daily bread and even wish that your salaries or conditions of service are made better. You go behind and do things that are undermining the progress of the company. Within such a bad nuts, we should not be uh, encouraged within the body space or the body politics of the company. Uh, Mike, stay on with us. Uh, Leila is still on. Leila, are you overwhelmed by, you know, the modus of these individuals, the, the approach they take in swindling uh, the unsuspecting public? You, you go there, they effectively tell you that the system isn't working. That's the impression they, they, they create. Um, I'd say the first time I, I heard about how they go, they go about the business overwhelmed me. But since I've been here and heard it a number of times, this expose, unfortunately, did not shock me so much. I'm only happy that we have names, we have faces to deal with. And it's in the public glare that good journalism is being done and the right thing should occur on the part of ECG to make sure that this doesn't happen anymore. Um, Just like my colleague said, uh, it's something that we've always been dealing with in-house. And whenever we have reported issues with names and locations to follow up with, the disciplinary process has taken place and some people have even lost their jobs. I think a few weeks ago, it came out in the in the public domain that some people had been fired. There are people who are currently on indictment. There are people who are facing the disciplinary committee. So it's not as if ECG isn't doing anything about these allegations because it's affecting our business. And if you allow such people to continue to operate within ECG, it means everyone else is working for them to benefit, which is not the reason why we were set up. We weren't set up for a few people to benefit. We were set up to ensure that electricity is supplied to the Ghanaian in a very reliable and affordable manner. And some of these things affect the cost of the electricity in the long run. And so if the public and media can help us in any way identify these people who are doing these things, to affect the business of ECG and consequently the packets of Ghanaians, why would we not take any action against that? And so I think um, the best thing that we can also do is also to let the media know when we take such actions and put it before the public that these people should not be dealt with anymore under the name of ECG. Um, I think management will come out with some... Yeah, Le- Leila, let's deal with the point that there might be more individuals in the system working with ECG at the moment, except that they've not been discovered. 
course. Um, wouldn't we be a little bit juvenile to think that these people who were caught on camera are the only people? They are just the unfortunate ones who have been caught on camera. But if your journalists had more time, more resources to travel through, I'm sure there would have been more people caught on the bad side of the law. And so we're just encouraging more people um, to come together with the media, ECG. We have reporting lines um, on the ECG Power app as well. It gives you the avenue to report. And we've also gone a step further now to ask you to verify stuff. Now, that's the, the, one of the important things that I think has come up in this. You see security men posing as ECG staff, ready to render services that they have absolutely no business rendering to customers. How does he account to the customer if something goes wrong? If he is able to get you a meter that is faulty and it ends up burning your house, how do you go about reporting this? And what happens is that the people come back to ECG to complain and allege that we have caused the the issues to happen within their system for our network. So Leila, uh, we've lost Leila there. We'll definitely uh, get back to Leila. Uh, Adam Yakubu is also with us uh, from the IES. And Adam, you, you've been monitoring, you know, the details ever since the story broke. Uh, first off, from the position of the IES, uh, how do we move forward in terms of finding solution, loss reduction, and also checking the system and getting rid of any staff of ECG possibly that might, might be abetting crime, corruption, as we're seeing it on the scale? Um, let me first of all say good afternoon to you and good afternoon to your listeners and comment, join news and the team that undertook this uh, expose. It, it, it is commendable that such bold initiatives have been taken because if you look at any time the conversation about ECG's losses come up, uh, every now and then we get customers complain dealing with unscrupulous people who tend to procure meters even in some instances, they, they, they temper with meters that consumers use so that you do not pay the appropriate bills. And so I think that this is commendable. And so the ECG should make sure that whoever, whatever authority the person holds within the ECG is exposed. Because remember, these individuals are just mere officers. They have some higher authority which way they work with to get the approvals to be able to even get you these meters mm. and so uh, it, would, it would also be juvenile i was thinking leila would call for a full-scale investigation as to where the the, the the expose has stopped it shouldn't just end with these younger officers there are higher officers who are helping them to do this because when they pick these monies from you, they will have to pay to their way through yeah. to be able to get you the, the approvals and all that. And mm. so it will not be okay with us or to me to think that it will just end with these officers. There is a bigger cabal to this issue than we are looking at it. And I would expect that management of ECG would go beyond what Joy News has done. Is it the case that you've always had this suspicion from the position of the IS, uh, IES? Yeah, clearly, if you could remember the other time I was with the on, on your platform with the ECG managing director, he did indicate that the ECG is even understaffed to be able to police their own meters. And so sometimes these are some of the issues they face. Mm. And so to have this coming up, it clearly tells you that uh, 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 the suspicion has been confirmed. 
And we have instances where customers tell us that they've gone to the ECG over five months to procure meters. They don't get it. Instances where people have 40 meters, they call and they don't come around and all that. Mm. And so this expose puts us in a better position to solve this problem, if not for once and for all, but at least to make progress as we try to close the losses gap ECG continues to face. Because when you look at the data that Energy Commission recently released, much has been done on the part Mm. of transmission losses. The the chunk of it goes into the distribution where ECG plays a significant role. And so I would think that this is the right time for us to crack the whip and this is the right time for major shakeups to happen within the management levels of ECG so that we would get these unscrupulous individuals. That very interesting point you're raising there. Um, I agree with you on this one. Adam Yaku, uh, who is a research policy and programs officer at IES, uh, joining us this afternoon. Let's wrap up with you, Michael, because your union, you have your workers in hot waters now. Uh, beyond this, Adam is saying, let's do a full-scale probe. From the position of pool, will, will you add your voice to that call, that let's expand this to the managerial <laughs> level, wherever we need to go? Do we need a full-scale probe into this matter as we wrap up? Well, I think we will have uh, no reservation about such uh, an action. But we believe that the most important thing is not just the issue about the investigation, but how to solve the system challenges that enable individuals to take advantage of such uh, issues. And that is where the actions which already have been commenced or the interventions the managing director have talked about is of paramount uh, significance. Because if we are able to reduce the level of uh, human interaction Mm. and allow the system to rule in a manner which uh, individual uh, influences are limited, then we are making significant progress. So the use of the ECG app even right now to initiate some of this process is a very big step. And again, once the availability of meters uh, become more paramount and there are no shortages, then people who are capitalizing on the fact of the shortage and then creating this uh, dubious uh, act who virtually found their activities becoming right. uh, not very progressive. So we will not have any uh, reservation if every effort is made to make sure that the improvement that has been uh, initiated is sustained and then the processes are properly defined to ensure that customers get the good service for which they are required right. and people are not treated by I'm grateful. Grateful for your time. Michael Nyantich is the General Secretary of the Public Utilities uh, Workers Union. Okay, uh, this afternoon we're also paying attention to developments outside Ghana because the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration is calling on the two sides uh, to the Israeli-Palestine conflict to return to the negotiating table in a bid to de-escalate tension in the Middle East. In a statement uh, to the press, the ministry says it is deeply saddened and shocked by the ongoing events in Israel where Hamas militants uh, from Gaza Strip infiltrated the southern uh, Israeli border to attack innocent Israeli civilians. And also uh, we saw the uh, 
uh, barrage of rockets attacking uh, from the Gaza Strip. So far, the death toll as we have it is rising to some more 1,000 and you have excerpts of that statement from the foreign ministry uh, on your screens right now pointing to the fact that the, governor, the government of Ghana is deeply saddened and shocked by the ongoing events. They continue to point out that Ghana unequivocally condemns the attack and calls on Hamas leadership to immediately cease the attacks. And then the statement continues to point out uh, that uh, while Ghana is affirming its support for Israel's right to exist and also defend itself, it is equally calling on the Israeli government to exercise restraints in its response to Hamas's attacks. And also Ghana is taking this opportunity to call on both sides to come through uh, and to negotiate and to talk peace. So let's speak to Avil Avram, uh, who is the deputy head of uh, mission for the embassy of Israel here in Ghana, thank you, sir, for spending some time with us uh, here on The Pulse. It's not uh, you know, a good time for those who are living in Israel right now, but here in Ghana, the message is simple, that we want peace. Are you willing to extend that olive branch to the other side, at least for talks to begin? Uh, Avil, you'd have to unmute so we can uh, get, get the point you're, you're sharing with us uh, here on the platform. Good afternoon, Bless. Thank you for having me in these very sad and critical moments for the state of the people of Israel. Uh, as you mentioned before, this attack, this terror attack, brutal terror attack, happened uh, on Shabbat, 7th of October. Find Israel not ready, and thousands of murdered from the Israeli uh, uh, civilians. And this is very sad day in the history of Israel. Uh, the question about peace, which I was asking earlier, that, that seems to be the posture of our government, asking both sides to sit down and at least talk. Is that beyond possibility? Um, as of this moment, uh, the focus of the State of Israel is to join all forces and unite together as one and to bring the safety and uh, the peace back to the Israeli, the state of Israel and the people of Israel, uh, which uh, experienced one of the brutal terror attack in the Israeli history. Uh, peace always on the table and we always been uh, able to negotiate. But, you know, when you think about the other side, uh, it's never been their uh, initiatives to come and to join hand in hand to promote peace. Instead, they found us not uh, ready and made this brutal murder on the Israeli civilian in the southern uh, strip, or in the southern area of Israel. Uh, the feeling is that w- this year, on recent times, we've seen just too many uh, of conflicts around the world. And Israel declaring war um, on Hamas will will just um, stoke up more tension, especially in the Middle East. Are you not worried about the repercussions of of this decision by your government? As you can see, the condemn uh, arrived from the uh, Republic of Ghana, the the state of uh, of Ghana, and from from many other states around the world supporting Israel and standing with Israel in this uh, critical moment, uh, Israel is in a war. This is a war that happened not because we wanted, not because we opened it. It was 
a program that been run for many years by the Hamas terror organization who kept the civilian of Gaza as a human shield and put them in a risk and try to put Israel over and over again uh, to this situation, to, uh, to a situation of war. Israel has the right to defend itself and to bring back peace to its civilians. Uh, and we know that a country uh, such as Ghana is serving uh, on the Security Council, non-permanent seats, but the influence is there. Uh, what's your expectation from such nations? Ghana, members serving on the uh, Permanent um, Security Council, and other countries around the world. Uh, what's your plea or message from Israel? This is uh, the condemn uh, release that uh, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs and the, uh, the Republic of Ghana uh, released during the weekend. It's a strong saying that we are standing with you, that we understand your situation, and uh, this is what we are expecting from France. This is what we're expecting from everybody, from uh, people that uh, appreciate lives, people that are uh, live and want to live in peace, not not to condemn Israel, but but to condemn this terror organization who give this opportunity who give this uh, situation and bring this murder and, and terror to the street of Israel and take hostages. Hundreds of Israelis are now, you know, kidnapped and hostages in the Gaza Strip. Many of them kids, women, older people. And when we all we can do is just bring them back safe and bring the peace back to Israel. And this is what we are expecting from, from Ghana and all the countries that are whiling in peace uh, all over the world. Mm. I'll also tell you about possibly some of the solutions that many have uh, proffered. The fact that Israel could possibly go back to the tenets of the two-state solution. And the feeling is that, you know, once Israel and your allies jettison that, that very agreement, it's the reason for, where, for which we are where we are today. I'm just wondering if you have any take on that. Israel was always on the side, no matter who called this uh, peace talking, we always arrived and sat next to the table, waiting to our, uh, the other side to arrive. But guess what? They never came to this table, no matter who, who offered that. Uh, any initiatives to promote peace was accepted like uh, you know in a brutal way in the, in the good in the in a situation that they are not appreciating these efforts to promote this peace. So Israel was always willing to come to negotiate, to open and to understand the 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 the, the both side. While the other side, which is I'm, I don't know how many of the viewers understand the situation. This is really uh, a place that occupied by a terror organization who used their civilian as a human shield and hide behind high... Uh, Avil, you're, you're muted. If you could just uh, unmute for me so I can hear you. Can you hear me now? Ye yes, loud and clear. Hmm. So this, this terror organization used their civilian, the Gazan civilian, the Palestinian as human shield, 
and provoked all the time and trying to put us in this situation over and over again, while Israel all the time with both hands are approaching for a peace. Mm. I see. Uh, let's wrap up on the point about, you know, what nations around the world are, are planning to do. Uh, possibly Ghana may join same, the concern about our citizens in your country. Um, what official records do you have perhaps on Ghanaian nationals in Israel as we speak? How are you ensuring their safety? And w- what are the marching orders from your government? First of all, let me put this very clear. Israel has uh, all the power to use and to, first of all, as I say, to bring back those kidnapped people, those people that kept as hostages inside the Gaza Strip, first of all. Second, we are working with all the authorities to bring safety and heal to all those wounded, more than uh, uh, 200 and 500, 2,400 people wounded, and we are dealing with these efforts to bring this peace to Israel. Uh, the war is not for against the civilians or against the population in Gaza. The, 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 the war that Israel declared because of those brutal terror attacks, which find thousands of Israelis murdered uh, during in a festival of the Jewish people, you know, it was during while Jewish going to synagogue to pray. And this brutal attack find Israel uh, in this situation, and we are will do whatever it takes to bring back those who are kidnapped to Gaza and those hostages and bring back peace to the land of Israel. Mm. Uh, I was asking about Ghanaian nationals who are in Israel as we speak. Are you able to guarantee their safety? There are calls already for possible repatriations. Is the reason for which I'm asking that question, is it early days yet? Do we wait, hold on with possible repatriations? Are you able to guarantee their safety? Israel is ready to guard the safety of all the people living in Israel, include Ghanaian and uh, any other, uh, all uh, the others, uh, people that uh, live and works and, and working in Israel. Uh, the situation, as you see, is... Uh, it is a very sad days, and we are doing everything to bring this situation back to normal uh, while all the authorities are uh, sharing information and helping each other in order to promote all information necessary to all the people living in Israel, including foreigners who are living in Israel. How long do you intend to go with this, or what do you envisage to be the end of this war? When will it end? That's the question. The question is that we are doing everything it takes. Uh, the security forces, the Israeli uh, defense forces, do whatever it takes to ensure the safety back to the state of Israel, to bring back the safety to the people in the southern area, in the state, in the in the, in the center of the Israeli uh, areas, and in Jerusalem, to bring peace. Uh, this war that been declared by the Hamas Authority is found Israel in a situation that we must to, to, to fight back. And this situation is uh, not limited in time, and hopefully peace will be come as soon as possible until all the targets will be uh, 
uh, happen. Okay, any final message to the people of Ghana, to our leaders? What would you want everyone to know? I would like, first of all, to express my uh, great appreciation to the Republic of Ghana, to the Ministry of Foreign Affairs, uh, for standing with Israel and for condemning the terror, brutal terror attack that happened to Israel by Hamas in uh, in the last in the in the weekend. Grateful uh, for spending some time with us. I'm sure that in the coming days we'll interact some more. Avil Avram, uh, Deputy Head of Mission at the Israeli Embassy uh, here in Ghana. There's a lot on this because the. Um, there's more that we're paying attention to. In fact, uh, paying attention to those who are also living in Israel as we speak. Uh, let's try and hear from some of them uh, who are joining us uh, now. I'm afraid, um, you know, because of the uh, exigencies of the time, uh, let's do this very briefly. Seth um, Kujo uh, lives in Israel. He's a Ghanaian and he's joining us right now. Uh, Seth, thank you for spending some time with us. Um, what's the situation as we speak? Do you, first of all, feel safe as a Ghanaian living in Israel? As a Ghanaian living in Israel, we feel safe because the situation is a little bit more intense and worse. But then um, the security apparatus in the country is trying their best to uh, mitigate the worst that it is expected to come. So we feel a little bit safe in here, but not as everybody would like to feel. Mm, I see. I, I'm interested in your story uh, because everyone is sharing their side of the story, where they were when all of this happened. Where were you when you started hearing of all of these attacks and, you know, the shelling uh, in Israel? Yeah, yeah the shelling in Israel. We wake up in the morning uh, to um, to welcome this news that there have been an attack on Israel and our citizens of Israel. So, you know, we saw most of the uh, the news on the television, on the radio, Let's take listen around and mostly on Al Jazeera and other international platforms. International platforms. But then the situation was a bit more intense when it started first. People couldn't go out. There was siren all over in Israel, which we, we were advised to get closer to bunkers. That is a protective safe place um, in case there was, um, I mean, the ways to come. So it was really intense first. But then with time, I think we are not really getting used to the situation. But then we are just trying to live with it and be safe in here. Are you able to tell us what's happening now as we speak? What's happening now, um, the Ghana community and other people have spoken to us. They us to understand that each uh, we should try to get us enough food as we can because they don't really know what is going to happen. If it's going to be worse, it's going to be okay. Um, and the duration that this situation is going to take. So everyone has been advised to get enough food, enough water, enough money on him or herself so that when the worst situation confronts you, you know how to solve it. Mm. And that's why I also want to put that question to you, the question about uh, returning home. Some say it's early days yet. I mean, no need um, to move everyone back home. I, I wonder what your thoughts are on this. How? What's the feeling amongst you know, the Ghanaian community in Israel. Do you want to come back or you feel safer where you are? Yeah, the Ghanaian community in Israel feel safer in Israel. With the help of uh, the embassy, they've communicated to us, giving us instructions 
basically what you do and what not to do. They made us to understand that if you don't have anything to do outside, you don't need to go outside. But if you have something to go outside, you can go outside. We should try not to get ourselves involved in a lot of activities. I mean, to say, to, to have a distance yeah. um, and say, um, and, and be at a safer place and be at the same place. I'm not planning to come back to Ghana because, you know, I, me in particular, I've got a newborn baby who is just, you know, three, uh, four months, and I've got a wife. I can't leave my wife and jump to Ghana. And the Ghana community, they are not ready to leave to Ghana unless um, the West confronts us. Wow. That's really tough. Yes. Uh, it must be trying moments for you and your family, I, I believe. It is really tough because the baby is just four months and the sound of the siren, the sound of the bombs in the air is a little more tra- uh, traumatic. It's really serious when, you know, when it comes to the sound and um, sometimes you need to move closer to the bunker just to stay safe. Um, I mean, just to be safe, to be safe, especially for the baby and the woman. That that must be really, really uh, tough. Yes. So so let's 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 uh, you know wrap up by, by you know finding out what what the marching orders are from the Ghanaian mission in Israel as we speak. What instructions have you been given, um, and what are the next steps? What, what are you looking forward to as a community? The Ghana, uh, the Ghana embassy in Israel through the Ghana community, uh, we have you know got a platform which most information is being communicated to us what you do and what and not what you do. The president of the Ghana community, uh, she's doing her best, bringing out information all the time at every an hour or two. You know she writes and speaks to us what you do and what not what you do. The situation on the ground and what we should expect to come um, in the near future. So the Ghana committee is really doing well, um, telling us, um, I mean, giving us much information just to help her to stay safe. Indeed. Uh, and that's my prayer for you as well, Seth. Uh, I know how challenging it can be in these times. But thank you for sharing your story with us. You and uh, we'll be glad to welcome you and your family back here in Ghana when everything stabilizes. Thank you. Okay, uh, let's cross over now to um, Liberia uh, because uh, the Ghanaian community there is also being cautioned uh, against any act that will breach the laws of the host country, especially in this critical moment of the country's uh, uh, period or election transition. Now, on Tuesday, Liberia will be at the polls for the fourth time after the restoration of constitutional order. Uh, President of the Association of Ghanaian Professionals in Liberia, Eric Ellington uh, says security precautions are being put in place to ensure the safety of Ghanaians. Nanaya Ojima is in Monrovia, comes through with this report for us. Stakes are high in the Liberian election slated for Tuesday. It is the first time a party that has tasted power is seeking to stage a comeback. Though the political tension is high, the economic community of West African states is helping put stringent measures in place to ensure credible election. Leadership of the Ghanaian community ensuring support to Liberia have asked membership to strictly abide by the country's regulations as they have no voting rights. Uh, we are not eligible voters in Liberia. And uh, the only thing we can do is to abide by the laws of Liberia as the election process begins towards the election on Tuesday. 
A peaceful election is important to all of us, especially as we've just mentioned, we ply our trade here. And the country needs to be peaceful and stable so that we can ply our trade. Apart from that, our interactions with local Liberians indicate that everybody else wants this election to be peaceful. Uh, nobody wants war. We have all seen the effect of war on this country. So everybody is praying that there will be peace. And we as Ghanaians having a stake in this country are also supporting and praying that the election will be peaceful. Many of Ghanaians living in Liberia are expatriates helping build the country that was once plunged into civil war. Occasionally, they meet as a community to discuss issues of their welfare. In one of such meetings, security measures were adopted in ensuring safety of the community. Eric Alenton Agendana is president of the Association of Ghanaian Professionals in Liberia. And uh, we also advise our members as much as possible to stay indoors and avoid crowded places. You know, most of us also work with international organizations and we have had some guidance, security guidance, so we use that to also guide our members in terms of stocking up food for at least two weeks, water and other essential commodities. So we keep on advising our members to buy by the laws and stock up these essentials as the election gets near. I don't have the right numbers, but I know that there are many Ghanaians here in the various professions and various fields. So as far as uh, Ghanaians are concerned, we had a lot of stake here. Uh, we have a lot of Ghanaians who have businesses here, and businesses can only flourish if there is peace. So the stake of Ghanaians is very high in this election. The Ghanaian community in Liberia continues to grow in number due to the long-term peace. For Joy News, Nanaya Ojima, Monrovia. And we'll be getting you more from uh, Liberia shortly because uh, there's lots of development in that country. We'll do all of that uh, after this break. We'll be right back. your calendar for our annual alumni homecoming and the grand celebration of UPSA's 58th anniversary as we gather under the theme, the global impact of professionals in business. Program lineup for the celebration are as follows. Friday, 27th October, 2023. Ignite the night with a bonfire and drama performances with old school dressing. Variety of entertainment at 7 p.m. Saturday, 28th October. Get your adrenaline pumping with alumni fun games. Current students will contribute to a noble cause with blood donations starting at 7 a.m. Tuesday, 31st October. Mentorship sessions at 2 p.m. All activities will take place right on the UPSA campus where it all began. For more more information, visit our website at www.upsaglobalalumni.com or contact the UPSA Alumni Office on 0243-288-579 or Room 19 Central Administration. UPSA Scholarship with Professionalism. This is a groundbreaking collaboration that has changed the game for Ghanaians. 
DVLA has partnered with Ghana Post to bring unprecedented convenience and accessibility to our valued customers. Under this agreement, your driver's license will be delivered to you anywhere in Ghana upon your request. Our aim is to provide our customers with seamless customer-friendly services, and this collaboration has brought us a step closer to achieving that. So, take advantage of this partnership and get your driver's license delivered to you wherever you are. DVLA, your safety, our concern. This advert is brought to you by DVLA and... Hello, my name is Abeku Agri Santana. If there's anything that makes my life so easy, it is my bank. I love hanging out with my boys boys at our usual fufu joint. But even without cash, we still the chop better with Ecobank Mobile. No matter the time of day, my bank helps me stay in touch with my beautiful wife whenever she's away. And when my beautiful wife is in town, she never misses out on her favorite TV shows because I'm able to pay up all my TV subscriptions from the comfort of my mobile phone. Whenever she has to get groceries too, my bank makes it cashless and convenient. And the part my wife loves the most is when my bank makes it possible and easy for her to shop from any part of the world without moving. <laughs> Welcome to the smart world of Ecobank. Download Ecobank Mobile from Google Play Store or the App Store and discover the smart way to bank. Ecobank, the Pan African Bank. The stage is set for Africa's most prestigious awards event. Join us to celebrate the men of the year at the 8th EMY Africa Awards on Saturday, the 14th of October at the Grand Arena, Accra International Conference Center. Red carpet starts at 6 p.m. Our partners include the Diaspora Affairs Office of the President of Ghana, the Multimedia Group, EY Ghana, Rhythms Africa, and the Labadi Beach Hotel. Our sponsors, the NLA 590 Mobile, Arocha Ghana, Go Energy, Flora Tissues, Houdini, Baggett Ghana, DVO Ghana, and Special Ice Water. Supported by Media Partners, Joy FM, Joy Prime TV, and Adum TV. For more information, call 020-201-8870. The 8th EMY Africa Awards. Inspiring greatness. Alfred. Silver Iodide. You're right. <laughs> your calendars, set reminders, and get ready for the academic showdown of the year. The 2023 National Science and Mass Quiz. It's time for the brightest young minds in Ghana to battle it out for academic supremacy. Expect mind-bending equations, heart-pounding moments, and nail-biting suspense as the best schools go head-to-head. Who will emerge the ultimate champions and claim the prestigious trophy? Catch the action on TV, radio, and online starting 6th to 24th October Written in the scriptures in the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 13. 
and Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall bring to you today. For the Egyptians we see today, we shall see them no more. My target is on Presec Legon. No, Presec Legon is not always that, that, that is Friday. Some days are there, you, you need to also calm down. So we are going for Presec. It's Presec Legon that we want. Presec and Prem. If not Prem, Prem, Presec, hey, we, we don't see any, any school again. It's only two schools in Ghana. So what should they expect from you? If you are meeting there, what should they expect? Oh, do you know, you know, uh, Haaland. You don't know Haaland. De Bruyne. You see how the Bruins scored Kotoa. That's how we are going to master them. We are going to kill them. Nine. We are so excited. I just want to tell the other schools that they should prepare. They should prepare. Prepare to be sick of us. Our molecules are moving very fast. Effective collisions. Molecules, they are just colliding. Kinetic energy. Hey, too much. Too much. Too much. The, other, the other schools should fear. You are just going to collide. They should just go back because their collision is not effective. It won't be effective this year. They should prepare. What? Perfect, effective, or inelastic? It will be inelastic. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to Join News Desk. My name is Aisha Brian. Let me tell you, there's not a small job at all. What can you report from the FANA community? We are still sounding the alarm for people who are hiding to know that help has come. The board is supposed to be meeting this morning to deliberate on this nominee. Yes, this problem has been repairing over time. The people have invested their, the fruits of their excellence and you want to throw it away because you think you can. No, you, it's not lawful for him to do it, period. What's the basis that these uh, financial assurances will be giving latest today? If you follow what has transpired over the week, we got the information when the president addressed uh, the media celebration indicating that China is going to come on board.
this contest, what are we to expect? It is written in the scriptures. In the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verse 30. And Moses said unto the people, Fear not, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he shall bring to you today. But the Egyptians we see today, we shall see them no more. Thanks for uh, staying with us uh, here on the Joy News Channel. This is The Pulse. It's time now to talk about more because government has unveiled plans to substantially overhaul the controversial electronic transfer levy as part of its medium-term revenue strategy. The strategy is aimed at revamping and optimizing the taxation policy for a greater efficiency and also effectiveness. Now, in May 2022, the deeply unpopular tax on mobile money transactions, known as the e-levy, was introduced. When it was introduced, the levy was restructured from the 1.5%, uh, as we know it, to a broad stroke of, uh, you know, 1% as we have it now. However, in January, we know that government is taking that uh, decision uh, of uh, making it uh, a generic percentage uh, for every transaction that you do. Now, a whole new design, as we understand, is in store for this very revenue measure. So what's in store and possibly what are the changes uh, that are likely to happen? Isaac of EHA's data analyst here at uh, Joy News uh, joining us uh, with uh, the very latest on uh, all of that. You know, for me, if you ask me, just take all of this off, let's do our more transaction in peace. But why is a restructuring critical to government at this moment? Well, it has to do with what we call the targets versus the actual outstanding. And so this is a revenue measure. And so yep. once, once you put it in your um, budget that in a certain specific year, you're going to get about $7 billion and you end up getting around 500 million. It tells oh, you Oh, so this is the target initially, 6.9 billion. That was 2022, mm -hmm. 6.9, almost then, 7 billion. Yeah, yeah. government so, revised that. To 611 million mm -hmm. uh, Ghana cities. Then the provisional out and at the end of 2022 uh, was somewhere around 592.11 million uh, you know, Ghana cities. That's so way below way the below. initial projection. It's below the initial okay. projection and even the revised projection. Yeah. So that tells you that just do the math. 6.96 billion Ghana cities minus almost, let's say, uh, 500, 600 million Ghana cities. That's a huge gap. Yeah. More than five or more than you know, four, uh, 4 billion Ghana cities was not actually... Um, achieved. So that tells you that then you are beginning to increase your budget deficit because this revenue was supposed to come in to close that gap. And that is why you make that target of 7 billion hoping that you get maybe at least 5.5 uh, or 5.4 so yeah. that you can close it. But once you start getting way below your target, 
then you must redesign, then you must look at the implementation process and all of those things. 2023, this year, for instance, if you look at the first quarter figures and how much we targeted to get in the first quarter, 413 million Ghana cities. Looking at the provisional data from the Ministry of Finance, we've been able to get just 216 of that amount. It means that we, we got you know, close to 50% less than what we yeah. even projected to get in the first quarter of this year. Let's go to the second quarter of this year and see if we perform well in that quarter. That, that's for the same 2023. 2023. Where we are. As exactly. Yeah. The target was uh, half a, more than half a billion. Yeah, five, six, um, eight, eight five, point six, nine. Exactly. Yeah. And we just got 239. So, so, so the trend is clear mm-hmm. that we're not making progress Absolutely. in terms of you know, the, the projected revenue um, mm-hmm. raking and how government tends to make much more um, gains yeah. from the e-levy yeah. policy. Yeah. Which means probably that if government is going to do a review, they are either going to throw everything off completely or increase their rate. So this review, in essence, is supposed to help reach the target. So if you are reaching the target, then you have to look at all the indicators. If, if you look at this revenue that we are getting versus the mobile money participation and I was looking at the data, and you see the number of uh, merchants, mobile money vendors, the, the number has reduced. And you see also the number of active mobile money accounts going at, and all of those things. So people are doing transactions, but they're finding ways and means around the I system. Yeah. So government must find a certain net to bring everybody into the fold again to make sure that they get the target that they want. At least, even if there will be a deviation, it should not be as huge or as, as wide as this deviation that we see. And it's all because it's part of our IMF program. Yeah. By September, la, you know, last month, we were supposed to make sure that we, we review our statutory funds and also make sure that our revenues coming in will be much higher than what we even had the previous year. And once you start getting these shocks from, you know, very, very important revenue, um, you know, measures like the e-levy, yeah. then it tells you that you may not meet your revenue target. Okay, so what you're now invariably telling us to... is that the IMF conditionalities will practically make it impossible for government to throw away the e-levy not at, at all. this moment. Not at all. That's not a happening. Complete, a complete, you know, scrapping of the e-levy is not an option. Mm. That's why governments use, maybe use the word redesign. Redesign in, in the sense that they are going to restructure it to make sure yeah. that they get the best out of it. You know, when this was introduced, people were trying to bring in their inputs, yes. but government wanted it to be done in a certain way. Wait, yes. We've gone ahead with it, and now we've seen that, you know, you can't probably force everything on, 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 on the people. They'll find ways and means around mm-hmm. it. So government is now, it's, it's been more than a year and I think eight months. Mm-hmm. So... It's a good period. It's a good. Uh, we have good data set to now look at the data and see where government is at fault, where government will have to go in and then make sure. That okay, it's critical that you're raising this IMF uh, position because the minority in parliament has been speaking about this. Uh, we'll get to to that for you shortly as to what it is that the minority feels about this, and, and then uh, bring in Kwiku Asante, who's a uh, parliamentary uh, correspondent, because there's a lot developing. Um, on the story uh, with the minority in Parliament making uh, clear suggestions on what they feel the impact of this has been 
on the economy. Uh, well, Isaac, just come through on this point for, for us again. Uh, in terms of you know, the considerations of, of this uh, strategy that government may be considering, what's likely to be the next step in terms of going about the review? Well, so review, in my opinion, um, if you look at the rates, governments probably will not you know, bring down the rates again because the rates has been reduced. I think this will be the second. This will, if government that any review, this will be the third. And the current one percent. If government does anything to the rates, if they increase the rates to a certain amount, then it means that telcos must also be compelled to reduce their rates. Of which I'm not sure they are ready to do. So governments will find ways and means to make sure that they come to equilibrium at a point where the rates that they will be charging will not influence the rate that the telcos will also be charging. Because once government increases their rates and telcos are forced to reduce their rates, it goes ahead to also affect their revenue. Mm. And governments cannot also go ahead to reduce because even with this 1% or whatever rate government is charging, they are not able to get the targets. And so it's a very dicey you know, uh, permutation and combination for governments at this point where they have to find ways and means to reach an equilibrium point where telcos uh, have what they want and governments also have what they want. And even mm. the citizens who are also paying the, the levy also have what All they right. want. Uh, the, the minority in parliament has uh, been speaking on this. In fact, they are accusing government uh, of kind of placing citizens and that severe economic uh, stress with the introduction of the taxes such as the e-levy and then the hike in the utility tariffs as we've seen. According to the minority uh, spokesperson on finance, Isaac Adongo, uh, you, all the key economic indicators like inflation, interest rate, and economic growth have, have all worsened uh, compared to what they stood as of last year. We'll go into the figures shortly, but this situation, uh, the minority believes, is making Ghanaians worse off. They've been addressing a price briefing on this matter. Listen. What they have sought to do is to compare mangoes with pineapples. You can't take end-year inflation of 2022 and compare it to any of the inflation other than December 2023. That is how you compare apples to apples. Because the inflation that you find in any period, year on year, is compared to the same period the previous year. And we are not in December. The inflation we are seeing today has different seasonal and cyclical pressures compared to that of December. In December, we all know the demand pressures. We know Christmas comes, there's a lot of pressure on the, on the city because people are looking for foreign currency to, to stock for Christmas and all of that. The inflation of now has not experienced that. So you can't compare that to the inflation that would, would be attained in December. Again, you can't compare food inflation in a period of harvest to food inflation in a period of planting. They are two completely different things altogether. So I just want you to understand that the comparison they are doing, using in-period inflation to compare to December and clap for themselves, is an act of futility. That is not what they were taught. And nobody was taught that. So we will compare like to like. In June 2020, 2022, when we were in the worst situation, inflation as of June was 29.8%. In 2023, with IMF in the boats, and we're expecting things to get better, it was into 31.7%. In July 2022, when things were worse, as we were made to believe, 
inflation was 31.7%. But with IMF in 2023, July inflation was 43.1%. August inflation, as of 2022, was 33.9%. For 2023 with IMF, it's 40.1%. The latest month is September of 2022 was 37.2. It is now 43.1%. How do you look Ghanaians in their face and tell them when they are losing this rapid deterioration in their purchasing power that there's a turnaround? Well, uh, so that's uh, Isaac Adongo addressing the press uh, earlier today. And, and he talks about, you know, the indicators not favoring us uh, as of this moment. We we'll, we'll you know, disagree with Adongo in terms of probably inflation, so inflation and probably economic growth rates. Because, I mean, although the IMF has maintained our growth rate as 1.5%, there are other you know, organizations that are maintaining a 3% growth rate for the country, looking at the first and second quarter growth rates, which were all above 3%. But it is too early to say that probably the economy has actually turned the corner because we are still having inflation of 40%. Food inflation is above 50%. Debt-to-GDP ratio is still very high. We've still not been able to move from assurance stage to agreement stage with our external creditors in our external debt restructuring, where you had, you know, Stefan Rode who said that, you know, subsequent disbursement of the IMF money will depend on we agreeing on actual restructuring. And I've always said that there's a template for us to follow. Maybe the IMF will relax some rules for us. But if you are going according to what we know, the IMF, what they do, then Zambia is a perfect case. The first time they got their first strand, they've not been able to get their second and subsequent ones because they failed to restructure their external debt, which China is a major piece, you know, a significant piece in this whole restructuring process. And Ghana finds itself in that same situation. We've been talking about assurance for over a year. We've not been able to move from assurance to actual restructuring, not to even talk about haircuts. And so it's a very difficult situation for the country at the moment. But, you know, if you talk to government, they say they are hopeful that by the end of the year, they will get $600 million as the second tranche. But I've been looking at the IMF data that they provide, and, and I get scared when I, when I look at Ghana's balance of payment gap for 2023 to 2026 that we are under an IMF. The balance of the amounts we need to make sure that we survive this crisis is $15 billion. And that is just balance of payments. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's the reason for which, uh, you know, Isaac Adungo has also been yeah. equally making yeah. that point uh, yeah. in this uh, press briefing. But the IMF appears to be uh, pointing out, and that's where the minority is being trying to compare the figures, uh, trying to suggest that, you know, things are picking up. Well, things are picking up. Probably you can pick indicators. You can pick and choose yeah. indicators. And even if you pick inflation and say we've been able to reduce inflation from 54 to 40% from December to now, 40% inflation, if you compare amongst our peers, we are still very high. Right. I just read last week that Ivory Coast had a $3.8 billion, you know, IMF loan 
and I checked Ivory Coast inflation and it's still below 10%. I see. And there are countries getting IMF loans close more than what we are getting. Morocco yep. is getting more than $3 billion to fight climate change. We are getting $3 billion to pay to do balance of payments. Mm. And so if you look at all of these different, different scenarios and people go ahead to say that, oh, we are getting better, I think it's, very, it's, yes. it's too early. Mm. Because the same thing happened to us when we were ending our 16th IMF yeah. program in 2019. We thought everything was right. But the IMF passed a very, very serious judgment that we all didn't pay attention to in 2019. They told us when they were leaving, yeah. they were exiting the 16th IMF program. They told us that our debt levels were highly debt distressed. That was just a few months after we were exiting an IMF program. And I still look at the figures and looking at the fact that Ghana would have to go and find an additional $10 billion to fund balance of payments. That's it's too early to, to, to say that things are... Isaac Ophir, a data analyst here joining you as well. The minority spokesperson on finance, Isaac Adongo, believes that the economy uh, is not doing a rebound as suggested by government. Listen. But we have achieved this after paying more taxes as part of the IMF conditions. We have achieved this with electricity bills more than tripling. In fact, every quarter we experience close to 30% jump, every quarter. So electricity bills are now almost four times what we were paying last year. This is the suffering of Ghanaians. We have achieved this by destroying value of the Ghanaian through a domestic debt exchange program, which did not even spare poor pensioners and vulnerable people in our society. They have had to lose a lot of their investment that they depend on for their survival and even their medication in order for us to escalate inflation to the levels that are worse than we were before the IMF. But even more importantly, we have done this by destroying our banking and financial sector, which has recorded 18 billion loss because of this IMF program. We have done this by going all over the place in the world, cap in hand, applying to be declared bankrupt, and actually begging that we should be issued with a certificate of bankruptcy. That is what we have done. This cannot be good news. And so we expected that at this review, we would have seen some modicum of improvement. We have done this at a point where DDEP created a benchmark interest rate of 9%. And we expected the 9% to dictate interest rate of various financial instruments. Today, the government itself borrows at 32.8% on the short end, just for 91 days. That is ridiculous. That already tells you that the DDEP has failed to signal an appropriate interest rate for Ghanaians. So if government is borrowing at 32.8%, tell me what, how much Koku and main enterprise will pay. 45-50%? I don't know the kind of business you will do that you recover that kind of interest rates. 
Okay, uh, let's go back to one of the stories that we've been uh, focusing on throughout the day, which has got to do with uh, the Liberian election, which is happening in the next 24 hours. Joy News uh, indeed will uh, bring you uh, coverage, a comprehensive one, uh, of the uh, elections uh, in Liberia. We're having some updates coming through where two persons, we understand, were killed in a shooting uh, in, uh, that's at Georgetown, uh, that's uh, Georgia Junction uh, in Monrovia following a clash between the ruling uh, Coalition for Democratic Change and All Liberia Coalition Party. And uh, the incident uh, is coming just less than 48 hours to the country's general elections. Uh, one of the two uh, shots um, is I, uh, identified as a member of the uh, CDC. So Perpetrators of the crime are on the run, as we understand, and nonetheless, the economic community of West African states is uh, optimistic uh, of a peaceful uh, election. We can listen to Abdul Fatal Musa, who's the Commissioner for Political Affairs and Security for ECOWAS. A few hours to the election, how prepared is the ECOWAS, the NEC, and all the interested parties? for tomorrow's election yeah yes uh you know i'll say look uh, these elections are um very important very critical for the country uh it is the fourth election that this country is uh, organizing and uh, of course the president uh, george weir uh, would want to uh, win his second term the opposition is also very determined a lot uh, you know because of that uh, there's a lot of tension in the air there have been some clashes uh, during the campaign uh, with uh, unfortunately the loss of lives about three people but overall uh, everything has been peaceful but tense okay this is what we've observed and we've also observed certain challenges um, in terms of uh, infrastructure the road networks and whether there have been proper strategic communication uh, you know with the populace leading you know into the elections is also another one the weather is going to be another challenge tomorrow but uh, the most important segment of the process is the concluding phases that is the collation of results and their transmission and we are you know what we discuss here today with the heads of the electoral missions that have come to observe this election is uh, what uh, anticipatory moves you know we are going to put in place in terms of preventive diplomacy should there be the need you know to intervene at any point in the electoral process. So this is what we've seen, and, uh, and you know that uh, ECOWAS is very much linked to this country. Okay, ECOWAS intervened militarily to end the civil war, to pave the way to where we are. And if you remember, the, the, the war here finally ended with the Accra Peace Agreement in 2003. And, uh, you know, since then we've had the uh, four elections beginning with 2005. So ECOWAS, uh, the, you know, the Liberian population, those without short memories, long memories, understand, you know, the importance of the presence of ECOWAS here today you know for this uh, to observe this process and uh, coming 
into these elections equals as a demonstrator is support also financially, technically, and in terms of capacity building for the electoral commission, for all the stakeholders in the electoral process in this country. We've engaged them to ensure peaceful elections. ECOWAS was part of the signing of the, the you know, peace declaration by all the political parties to ensure peaceful elections in this country. So we continue with our interactions with the people of Liberia and that is what we are here to do. So following the, the classes and the deaths recorded yesterday, is ECOWAS changing its security strategies or what is being done to ensure that we don't have a repetition of this in the final in the election day itself that you know could result in chaos across the country exactly no we've engaged uh, the security agencies in this country we have followed the investigations you know so far to make sure that the perpetrators are brought to justice and then also made declarations to the press to appeal for peace and for people to adhere to the uh, the what are the, the promises they have made all the political parties uh, to make Make sure that their followers uh, demonstrate maximum restraint in this election. Number two, we are in touch with the police. The, 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 the Liberian you know, police service and then the other paramilitary institutions to make sure that electoral security is top-notch. And as we speak, we are also in the process of trying to see whether we can still support the uh, peace enforcement agencies with non-lethal material in order to you know, police the elections peacefully. But uh, with the appeal and also with the vigilance of the security forces and the promises that we have been able to get from the various political parties, the leaders of the political parties, you know, I can assure you that uh, we, you know, more or less we are going to have peaceful elections. that time of the year again after a year of uh, yield and determination at Timota school has uh, shattered the barriers of their past clinching a sport in the one-eighth stage of the national science and math quiz having uh, convincingly won their contest with 60 points against Notre Dame girls and St. Francis girls SHS the Timotans are optimistic of a better outcome this year my colleague Jacqueline and Samaya Boa caught up with some of the students who are eyeing the ultimate trophy we are brothers and our mother is a school. She will guide us all and need so to learn that we may teach, so to subjugate ourselves that we may rule. Play the game, shout her name, spread her fame afar. She's the head of all the woods. Well, we just ended um, the last day of the preliminary contest with um, Achimota winning with some 60 points against um, Notre Dame girls. And I have um, the contestants here, and I just want them to share with me how um, they feel. How do you feel after winning this contest? Well, we are really grateful to God for bringing us here. Um, we, we actually are happy that we have gotten a high score, but then we know we can do better. So we are hoping to go back, correct our errors, and come back even better. Coming on stage, did you see uh, the schools that you met today? Did you see them as um, threats for you? Well, it's not about the schools that we are meeting now. Our eyes are on the major 
price. So it's not just about the schools you are meeting also. We are praying for even higher levels of the contest. Alright, so I have one of your coordinators here, sir. So um, now your school seems to be one of the schools that has about um, the highest points right now. Moving forward, do you think we are going to maintain this or um, I want to find that from you. Well, we, with science and math quiz, it's, it's contest after contest. So yeah. what matters at the end of the day, it's to be able to stay up there and win your contest. So that is what we targeted, and we've been able to do that today well. We are going back straight to the drawing board, and then we'll come up stronger because we know the one each stage features strong teams, so we are going to have improved context. Yeah. Yeah, now it's been a while since Achimota School won the National Science and Maths Quiz. It's been a very long time. Um, do you think this year is coming back to your school? We'll take it one after the other. So don't worry, just keep your fingers crossed, and you'll see. Right, so that is from Ashimoto School. Um, they are saying that we should just keep our fingers crossed and they are taking things one after the other. So let's move to uh, Notre Dame girls. Um, this afternoon they met with Ashimoto Senior High School. Um, how do you feel about this win? At least you won the star, um, the Prudential Star of the Day. How do you feel about it? Oh, we are so excited that we are even on cloud nine. <laughs> and then we know we will be proceeding to the next stage with God on our side. We know that everything is going to be all right. And then uh, we know ourselves to be record breakers. And we know that this year we are going to do marvelous work. Thank you. All right. Now, moving forward, um, there's a likelihood that you would still proceed to the 1A stage. Um, what else should we expect from Notre Dame girls? Okay. So since we've come this far, we have been very keen on their preparations. We've been doing very well. And then we trust that in the next stage, we are going to just blow the stage. We are going to do wow. We are going to do marvelous works over there. All right. Well, Notre Dame School um, had some 41 points as against um, Achimota School that won with some 60 um, points. And we are hoping um, that we get to see all these schools in the next stage. Reporting live from the Saramansa Hall, I am Jacqueline Ansamayabwa. trading contest coming your way here on the Join News channel, but don't forget that the 2023 National Science and Maths Quiz is uh, produced by Primetime Limited and sponsored by the Ghana Education Service in partnership with uh, Goal PLC. The broadcast of the National Science and Maths Quiz is also on Join News and Joy Prime, supported by Vitamog, NASCO, Germanozon Medical Center, Royal Form, uh, we have uh, Jamal Soup, uh, Heritage uh, Christian College, uh, Virtual Security Africa, Ace Medical Insurance, Shopbox Technologies, we have Syntex Tank, we have DPS, Investment Corp, Built, uh, Financial Technologies, Better Molds, Bright SHS, uh, and Family Health University College. And that's all we have for you in this package of the poll.